your work week is over. Kick back and get the latest on the Colts and the NFL. This is The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts, with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Hey, good evening and welcome to the weekend. It's 6 o'clock on a Friday. This is The Last Word you've stumbled upon. It's the off-season radio home of the Indianapolis Colts. Good to be with you. I'm Matt Taylor, driving the ship today in for Jeffrey Gorman. Jeffrey is back home visiting mom and pops this weekend, so getting some good R&R and some uh, family time vacation and filling in for Jeff tonight is Casey Vallier from Colts Radio and Colts Audio Network. Showcase, what's going on, man? Happy Friday night. How you doing? I am good, man. Happy Friday to you. We're uh, we're gearing up, man. The Combine's next week. I can't wait. It is. I mean, the offseason uh, in terms of news flow and, and things uh, hitting your timeline, if you will, it's about to heat up. Last word tonight's brought to you by FanDuel, FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today and make every moment more. As Casey said, we are loaded tonight getting you ready for the combine. We're also leading you into Pacer pregame tonight at 6.30 with the blue and gold taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. But until then, we're talking Colts, we're talking NFL, and the combine is in town next week. And this might be, Casey, the final time the combine comes to Indianapolis, at least for a while because the NFL could be moving the event around the country starting next season, similar to what they're already doing with the NFL draft. We'll get into that a little bit later, but we're going to have a ton of movers and shakers in town next weekend, or next week, I should say, with uh, general managers, personnel folks, over 300 draft prospects. What are you looking forward to at the Combine next week? Where are your eyes going to be drawn to first? Well, for me, the Combine, it just shows that the new year is closely approaching. Now, we've talked about this at nauseum. The NFL really never sleeps. There's very little off time or downtime during the offseason because there's always stuff right. that you're gearing up for. And here we go. I mean, the Super Bowl was just two weekends ago, and now we're already talking about, okay, we've crowned a champ, but now there's 32 teams fighting for the Lombardi for already 2022. So it's already kind of already starting as free agency is just a couple weeks away as well from getting started with the new league year starting. So I'm looking forward to that. And also, you know, it sounds cliche because we said it last year, but just getting back in person doing things because, you know, everything did kind of get a little bit back to normal in 2021. There was still so many restrictions and all that stuff. So for you and I, I mean, I didn't see you very much during the season because we had, you know, all, all the close contact and everything. We're trying to be as safe as possible. So just another time where everybody can kind of get together. You know, we you're doing so safely with all the vaccinations and boosters and all of that, but just getting back in person yet again for another combine and gearing up for, as you mentioned, you know, what could be the last one here for a while. Yeah, and Frank Reich and Chris Ballard for the Colts. They are set to speak to the media on Tuesday afternoon. Chris Ballard is set to uh, take the podium at the Combine around 1.30, and then Frank Reich a little bit later on that afternoon at 4 o'clock. And I'm looking forward to hearing from those guys because it's been nonstop talk about what they said after the season and, quite frankly, Casey, what they didn't say at the end of the season, right? Because neither guy was pretty committal about Carson Wentz and and now we're getting national reports from ESPN about the future of the Colts quarterback. So be curious across the board at the Combine to find out how deep the draft is at positions of need for the Colts. Yeah, absolutely. At left tackle, uh, wide receiver, tight end, cornerback, pass rusher. And then what's the future of Jack Doyle and T.Y. Hilton? Is there any news regarding their retirement thoughts that they had at the end of, uh, of last season? And then what do Frank Reich and Chris Bauer think of their impending free agents, their in-house free agents, you know, guys like Eric Fisher, Kamoko Ture, 
uh, Tyquan Lewis, Xavier Rhodes, just to name a few. Who might they be prioritizing and who might be set to hit the open market in terms of what is said uh, coming up next week at the uh, Indiana Convention Center during the Combine? Um, Speaking of that, Casey, there's always reporters that try to throw water on the Combine. Uh, Some of the agents don't like the Combine. There's this article this week in Sports Illustrated calling the Combine outdated. Does the combine still matter? Does it still hold as much weight as it used to for NFL teams? As again, this might be the last time the city of Indianapolis sees this event for a while. I think it definitely has changed over time. That's kind of the way that everything goes. But I do think that it still matters. I know when you look at it from just a prospect side and what the GMs and coaches and staff are able to see with the medical, that is so important when you look at just the prospects. But I get what they're saying from the outside voice, but I do think that it's still important. You've got so many important figures within each franchise that are all in town. It's a great time that I know some agents don't like being here, but there are a lot of agents that are here. And it's time for them to, you know, kind of open up those airwaves of, you know, when you're looking at impending free agents or, you know, looking at guys that might hit the market that you might want for your team. It's it's kind of that way where you can start that dialogue as the, the new year, you know, is just a couple weeks away. So I think from that aspect, I think it's absolutely important and, and it still matters. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody talks about how, how beneficial it is having it right here in more of a central location in Indianapolis. I mean, as you know, it's so easy to move around downtown. So I think it's easier for people to be able to be in and about at the combine here. So I think it'll be interesting to see what right. the combine looks as we move forward. But I think also, as I think we're going to talk about later in the show, it's an event. The NFL has made the combine an event, and therefore, when you do stuff like that, it might take away from what it used to be. So I think that's part of what they're talking about, how it's become more of you know a fan-driven event than what right. it used to be. Well, you're exactly right. It's about the medicals. It's about the interviews. And to me, it, it's just a bonus that the teams get the workouts from the prospects. Right, and I, think, exactly. I think everybody understands what they're looking at. It's not football. Uh, right. It's a controlled environment. And it's not the end-all, be-all, but I think it's part of the process. And some people say, why does an offensive lineman need to run a 40-yard dash? Or or why does a running back need to do uh, a high jump test? I just want to see guys compete. Exactly. And and most teams understand what they're looking at. I mean, if you have a terrible combine as a player, it shouldn't kill you, but it will say to teams, hey, maybe we need to go back and watch the tape to see if there's some – you know, athletic red flags there. And then it works the other way, too. Guys can make teams do a double take if they perform really well at the combine. It's kind of like standardized testing in school. You know, some uh, yeah. guys just aren't good at taking the SAT. Doesn't mean they're doesn't mean they're dumb for whatever reason, did not put their best foot forward in, in that setting. So I think teams know what they're looking at. They just want to see how guys compete. They want to see how you perform under pressure. So that's a quick look at the Combine next week. Again, we'll be down at the Combine hanging out and uh, gathering content all week next week. Uh, we'll have the Colts official podcast on site. We'll be talking to a lot of folks, get their thoughts on the Colts and the NFL as we turn the page to the 2022 season. When we come back, we'll recap the seasons that Colts rookies just turned in and discuss how their potential will impact the Colts draft strategy and free agency later on this offseason. This is The Last Word. I'm Matt Taylor. Casey Vallier in for Jeffrey Gorman tonight. We're back in just a moment here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. This is your weekly fix on Colts football. The Last Word with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor from the Power Home Solar Radio Studio. 
Hey, welcome back. Last word brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today and make every moment more. Last word here on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan, I'm Matt Taylor with Casey Vallier tonight. Jeffrey Gorman's on vacation and Pacer pregame comes up at the bottom of the hour. Download the weekly official Colts podcast. We were loaded on the podcast this week. We had a sit down with Kenny Moore the second regarding his experience at the Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago and his thoughts on new Colts defensive coordinator Gus Bradley. Also, we had our first two free agent tracker podcasts centering around Eric Fisher and Kamoka Ture and Taekwon Lewis. What's their stock of coming back to the Colts in free agency next season? And we also talked NFL draft with Jordan Reed from ESPN on our first installment of Inside the Draft. Check those out right now on Colts.com, the Colts mobile app, and the Colts audio network anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, as promised, we're going to talk combine and the draft, but in order for you to talk about the draft this year, you need to know what the Colts' needs are. And part of you know your needs are determine what you did last year in the draft. So let's talk about the rookie seasons that just wrapped up for the Colts in the first round. They picked up a pass rusher. They relied heavily on Quiddy Pay because they did not bring back some of their veteran free agent pass rushers last offseason, Casey. So did Quiddy Pay show enough upside in his first year with the Colts for the Colts to trust him for a bigger role in 2022? I think absolutely. I think he showed you a lot. Now, I know when you look at pass rush, a lot of people just look at the bare stats, and he had four sacks on the year, which you look at that, and that's you know very middle of the, middle of the line. It's right. hard because he's a rookie, so it's hard to judge it completely that way. But I look over the last nine games, that's when his four sacks came. He had 10 quarterback hits during that stretch, and I thought, for the most part, he continued to make strides. You know, We saw a lot during training camp, and then early in the season, it seemed like he was struggling to kind of get up to that speed, and then he suffered that injury, and then once that injury happened, it seemed like once he got back, that's when he kind of hit that next level. So I think the way he played at the end of the year gives you a lot of confidence heading into year two that he can just build on that. And I mean, it is what it is when you look at, you know, all rookie teams, but Pro Football Writers of America did name him to the, the all-rookie team, which is a pretty high arc, high regard when you look at throughout the course of the last handful of years. Guys that are typically on that rookie team, they're guys that kind of make impacts for the next handful of years. Mm-hmm. So I look at that as definitely guys are seeing potential, and now let's see how that stacks up in year two because I think if you look at just raw numbers, you want to see more than just four sacks and ten quarterback hits. You might want to see both those kind of doubled in, in year two. No doubt about it. And he played about 60% of the snaps last year on defense and actually he played 80 more snaps than the entire rest of the draft class combined which tells you he was the most impactful rookie the Colts had last season so it's a really big offseason for him no matter who comes back Quiddy Pay is going to be counted upon to do bigger and better things next season all right a guy that was drafted after him in round number two Dio Adangbo what can he be because he started the year on pup coming off an Achilles injury his senior year in college. What can Dio be with a fully healthy offseason for the Colts in 2022, Casey? I hope this isn't too harsh, but, you know, you take a guy in the second round coming off an Achilles, you kind of look at that rookie year as, you know, you get what you get. But now, you know, the, the injuries aside, now year two, you got to be ready to go. So I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a, a very pivotal offseason to kind of watch. I'd love to – I'm really looking forward to seeing what this guy can offer during training camp. We're all up at Grand Park because this is a huge year for him. It's no longer, hey, we, you know, we're going to ease him in. Like, it's almost, you know, throw him right to the wolves. you got to get going because, as you mentioned, if you look at the depth right now at defensive end, you got a lot of free agents and a lot of youth. So Dio Dangbo, I mean, you were a second 
round pick for a reason. So I think there's going to be a lot of expectations on him in year two. So it's it's hard to judge what you saw in the small sample size in year one, but year mm-hmm. two is definitely going to be a big year for him. Yeah, hopefully we can see some of that versatility, some of that athleticism and position flexibility next season. Would love to see him on the outside at times and then on third down, get right. him in, get him in on the inside, get him in that NASCAR package with DeForest Buckner. I mean, you saw glimpses last year. I mean, I know he's, he was compromised for the first part of the season, but he had that strip sack of Trevor right. Lawrence, that big home win against the Jacksonville Jaguars late in the season. Um, so, again, drafting him where they did, the Colts need him to produce big time next season. Quite frankly, I think they're banking on it. Last word here on 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. I'm Matt Taylor. Casey Vallier is in tonight filling in for Jeffrey Gorman, and we're recapping some of the rookie seasons that uh, the Colts had last season. Let's talk about Kylan Granson, tight end. Obviously, again, Jack Doyle contemplating retirement. Mo Cox is a free agent. That left Kylan Granson last season, uh, Casey. He only had 11 catches um, in his rookie campaign. What role does he need to have next season how big of an offseason is this for him well Kylan Granson what, what an interesting story because it seemed like in training camp every time we talked it seemed like he was making all these big strides and he figured to be a key part of the offense and then he kind of went away you know when the season started it, it almost looked like here's a rookie and this is this is the role we see for him so I think we got a little jaded view during training camp on what we expected out of him but if you look at it, I mean, he goes from SMU, not a huge football school. I know, you know, they've got legacy and all that. But if you look, I mean, he's not Big Ten. He's, so it's one of those things that I think it took an adjustment period for him to get into the NFL. He only played 21% of the offensive snaps in all of the 2021 season, just 11 receptions. But as you mentioned, Moley Cox, an impending free agent, and we don't know what Jack Doyle is going to do. So when you look at the role that Kylan Granson's going to have, it's going to be a pretty big role. And I'm interested to kind of see what the Colts do at that position around him mm-hmm. and that might give us a good view of what they expect out of him in year two because you know let's face it if if they don't go out in free agency if let's say Moali Cox goes and Jack Doyle does retire and they don't bring in you know a pretty high profile tight end and they don't draft one then clearly they show they have a lot of stock in Kylan Granson so I think that's going to be a way to see what the role is going to be for him before we get to training camp is to kind of see what the team puts around Kylan right. Granson at that tight end Spot. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I remember talking about this last offseason, and we debated Quiddy Pay and Kylan Granson, which guy's going to have the biggest impact right away right. for the Colts as a rookie. And I had no reservations at all saying it's going to be Kylan Granson. So Me either, yeah. I was a little bit surprised that he did not have a, a bigger role in this offense. I mean, even though his playing time jumped a little bit late in the season, he still only had one catch for six yards in the final four games of the year. So I think there's upside for Granson to, again, be that athletic tight end guy that can stretch the field, take advantage of the middle of the field, the seams, you know, work on weaker inside linebackers and safeties and take advantage of those matchups on defense. We'll see what is in store for Kylan Granson inside this offense. There's no question the Colts need more out of their tight end group collectively um, than what they got last season in 2021. All right, that's a look at the rookie seasons for the first-year Colts. After this quick timeout, we're giving you some trivia on the NFL Scouting Combine, and we're also opening up the NFL Grab Bag forever. The NFL used to treat the Combine workouts like Fort Knox, but now 
They're inviting thousands of fans in the stands for the Combine next week. We'll tell you why and what happened. And there's a big shakeup coming to the NFL broadcasting scene next season as well. We'll talk about that and discuss when we come back on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We talk Colts football every Friday on The Last Word, the offseason home of the Colts with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Back for the final time tonight, clocking out here on The Last Word. I'm Matt Taylor, filling in for Jeffrey Gorman. Casey Ballier is along as well. Leading you into Pacer pregame, bottom of the hour. Tonight's show is brought to you by FanDuel, and it's time now for the Forum Credit Union question of the week. Casey, are you ready? Put on your thinking cap. The NFL Scouting Combine, it's back in town next week. It's been held in Indianapolis every year since 1987. Casey Vallier, I don't even think you were born, correct? 19, 1990 was when Ooh. I was born, so All there right. you go. So oh you, you, know, you know no different as far as the <laughs> Combine is concerned. Exactly. All right, in what cities was the event hosted before that? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something out there. I'm sure it's wrong. Okay. And this is just because of our ties with the great coach Rick Venturi. I feel like he mentioned that it was in New Orleans. I know he had a coaching stint in New Orleans. I want to say <laughs> that he, he is mentioned that it was there, but I'm sure that's wrong. Uh, partially wrong, partially right. The scouting combine okay. was it was held two years before moving to Indianapolis. First year for the official NFL scouting combine was in Arizona. That was in 1985. The okay. next year in New Orleans in 1986, and then Indianapolis in 1987. And it has not moved since then. And hopefully, it doesn't move. Coming up next season, but uh, that could potentially be in the works by the NFL moving it around, similar to what they do with the NFL draft. Good work right there. That's the All Forum right, Credit I'll take Union. That. Yep, one out of two ain't bad. Uh, you can head to Forum Credit Union and the Fan Forum section on Colts.com to interact with other fans online. You can post a topic there and join in on various discussions on the Colts Forum Credit Union, helping members live their financial dreams. We've got about two minutes left. Let's open up the NFL grab bag. The NFL never sleeps. This is the NFL Grab Bag on The Last Word. NFL Grab Bag is always brought to you by Meyer, the official super center of the Colts and proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. All right, the Combine with the NFL, they plan to allow, allow thousands of spectators to attend activities at Lucas Oil Stadium next week. That is a marked shift in strategy, Casey, and you've seen it. You've been covering the Combine for a long time. After decades of limiting public access to much of the event, it used to be Fort Knox. I mean, don't even yes. peek. Don't even <laughs> peek behind the curtain and watch some of these workouts. Now it's on TV, and the league is also offering free admission for its primetime activities at the stadium with seating in the lower bowl. Come one, come all, and we'll serve you a hot dog at the concession stand as well. What happened? Uh, that, I think, well, as I mentioned earlier in the show, is that the NFL understands that everything they do is an event, and that's what they are trying to do. They are trying to market this thing very similar to what they do with the NFL draft. And I think for these 300 or so prospects that are going to be there, 
They're giving them a taste of, hey, everything you do here is an event, and we're going to have spectators. Here you go. Give it a look. It's funny. I think it's great because it's so many times people have asked me, oh, how was the combine? It's like, well, you know, the combine is so much different for us because we're there doing other things. They're like, oh, well, didn't you see this guy do this? I'm like, no, I have the same access as everybody else. I didn't have any access to anything. So now it's it's interesting. (laughs) I love that you mentioned Fort Knox because that's so true. I've tried to explain that to so many people that, yeah, I have credentials to go to the combine, but I don't get to go to the combine. Like I'm there behind the scenes at the convention center, not seeing anything of the drills. So mm-hmm. it is kind of cool that, it, that it's going to be opened up. No doubt about it. All right. The New York Post reported this week that NFL analyst Troy Aikman could be on the move, might be going from Fox to ESPN for Monday night football, Casey, which means that Brian Gracie and Lewis Riddick, who I really liked, by the way, I thought Agreed. they did a, yes. a really Great good job. job on Monday night football. They could be on their way out as will potentially Steve Levy, the play-by-play guy, for Monday Night Football, he could be reassigned by the network. What do you make of this move? Would you enjoy Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football compared to what you've seen him do on Fox with Joe Buck? Well, I mean, I like Troy Aikman. I always think the Fox game of the week is always good with him and Buck and Aaron Andrews. It's interesting because I agree with you. I thought the Monday Night Football broadcast booth was really good this year. It's been a revolving door over the last handful of years. It really has. I really thought they solidified it this year. I thought it was a really good group. So it's sad to see that if that happens, that it'll all go away. But I'll be interested to see if you you think Steve Levy will be reassigned, whether or not they can just package together Joe Buck also. I know Mm -hmm. he's got a whole bunch of ties to a lot of Fox properties, which makes that tough. But it's a good broadcast on Fox, so it'll be interesting to see what Aikman can bring to Monday Night Football if that is true. Now the next question then is, will who will be Aikman's partner, right? Because right. Al Michaels, he's his yeah. his deal is done with NBC, and he reportedly wanted Aikman to go to Amazon. Would Michaels go to ESPN instead? Would Fox allow Joe Buck, as you said, to leave Fox? Would they allow him to go to ESPN? I mean, this is like broadcasting free agency. Here. It is. It right? absolutely is. You talk about is. the new league year. This is the wild, wild west when it comes to <laughs> Not only who plays on the field, but who talks about it in the booth. Well, and you know, it's one of those things. I saw the report and I saw the uh, the numbers that they're throwing out there that he's probably going to get something similar to Tony Romo. And man, doesn't <laughs> it take you back? These guys were, you know, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he's probably going to make more broadcasting than he ever did playing. How crazy no is that, man? No doubt. The money's different <laughs> compared to the mid '90s, my friend. There's you no question about that. All right, great work tonight. We're up against it. That's Casey Vallier filling in for Jeffrey Gorman. Casey, great job. I feel like I got smarter, so I appreciate your time, my friend. I always feel like I get smarter when I'm on with you, so I appreciate you too, buddy. (laughs) Gorman is back in the fold next week. We'll be at the Combine next Friday. Again, Pacers and Thunder are coming up. Full bore Colts conversation next week here on The Last Word, live from the NFL Scouting Combine. Have a great weekend, everybody. We will talk to you next Friday here on The Last Word, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Good night.